Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello, everyone. Hello. We would have a whole nother show if we recorded before we recorded. The pre-show, I think, would be a little bit frightening for some people. It would. Not safe for kids or animals or I don't know what. Exactly. Welcome, everyone, to another chock-full episode of Mm. the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking about the bear and the bow. So we'll be talking about bears and bows and heroes and yeah and all kinds of things ginger families and sure curly headed yeah and merlin and all that kind of stuff we're gonna be talking about all that in this show Mm -hmm. we have had to kind of cull down the emails and voicemails we're getting a lot which we enjoy but we're having to kind of pick the best so understand that this yeah. is episode number 302. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 302. So we do have a bit of news, and I want to get into that right now. So we have three more episodes until a mini hiatus. Yes. So we've got Nimue mm-hmm. tomorrow. <laughs> And then we have two more, of which I don't have written down, but they're fantastic episodes. All I'm sure. I'm sure and they are. Then we'll have a week break, mm-hmm. and then we will just churn on till the end. And some other news. Look. Wait, a week break? One week break. No. One week little break. You're talking about for Thanksgiving weekend as, yeah. as a break. Yes, you're right. And then we have... A major hiatus after that. Well, no, 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 no. Not too long after that. Right. Within a few weeks. One, one, normally they have a break at Thanksgiving. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we have the rest of the episodes until the winter hiatus. Correct. So That's what I thought you were talking about, is winter hiatus. I nope. didn't realize we were talking about the Thanksgiving hiatus. Nope. So that <clears throat> I is... I wouldn't even call it a hiatus. But anyway. It's a high. Okay, so it's just a little one, and then we have the rest of the episodes until the winter break yep. hiatus. Yep. Now, dude, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Yes, the there are so many the, the I have a little thing that brings in news reports about Once Upon a Time, and there's been so many this week that all I'm going to say is more than likely. If you miss a character from Once Upon a Time, they will be in show number 100. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time, episode 100. 100th episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the Departed Souls. That's the okay. name of the episode. You will see all kinds of, because everyone's, well, I don't know about everyone's coming back, but a number of A lot of people, of people will be coming back, yeah. Uh, Sydney Glass and mm-hmm. probably Ruby and all these the big one also that's been splashed all over all of the internet. Well, no, Robbie K. Yeah, yeah, Robbie K. Yep. So, anyway, again, we're not going to list them all out, but I think they have a little, a few surprises up their sleeve. So I don't want to say, oh, we know exactly who's going to be there. But a lot of characters that you probably have missed, possibly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will be returning for the hundredth yeah. 
Once Upon a Time episode. And that's really exciting. I remember we, in general, I think people, especially in the critic area of major mainstream news, have become very jaded. It takes more and more to get them interested and appreciate something. And I remember in season one of Once Upon a Time, there was this one Hollywood reporter, and I talk about it a number of times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. They said, this show's never going to make it. Mm. As a matter of fact, it's it's almost canceled right now. Season one. Yeah, yeah. And Where is that reporter again now? Right, I right. would love to know. Does that reporter actually still have their job? He's probably working for AOL or something. <laughs> AOL News. MySpace. Yeah, that's where, yeah, that's where he's in. He's, uh, he's answering the... <laughs> The suggestion box at MySpace. Anyway, so, but I think it's interesting that they've hit episode 100. Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time has had these ebbs and flows, ups and downs. People have hated Frozen. People loved Frozen. People hated this and loved this and hated it. But they've reached episode 100. Yeah, which is impressive. Listen, Adam and Eddie and whoever is listening to me from the show, enjoy the party. You have Mm -hmm. earned it. Mm -hmm. 100 episode yeah sure there were now we're going to jump into some emails did we have some views that you want to talk about yeah actually i did want to bring up one little thing okay is this our views music it is is our views <laughs> we have so many different sure. bumpers and i can't remember which one's which i bought about 12 of them so yeah. i figured we'd use all of them Okay, so the one thing I did want to point out was one of the first things that was said is when they were walking through uh, the dungeon area, the jail cell area, and Merlin made a comment about, you know, lots changed in magic since I was not in a tree, and so I've never seen this magic before. The bars are enchanted with some dark magic, and I'm like, who enchanted them? Maybe Nimue? Maybe. So, maybe a previous dark one, uh, maybe Rumple a long time ago. We don't know. Yeah, but I just thought that was an interesting point I to think say. It was, hey, it wasn't Merlin, and it wasn't. Right. I don't think it was Emma. I think it was Nimue because that ties in with the next episode, and I think probably we'll, we'll see that. Yeah. And but it was an interesting point. It was just kind of, and everyone took for granted that mm-hmm. it's like, wait a second, you're Merlin. You can communicate from other realms while you're in a tree, and you can't figure out how to deal with this kind of funny true and i know it was a point to bring out Belle's, you know intelligence and her ability yeah yeah which is nice because again we love recognizing that bell is you know smart and she's very handy to have around well i did want to i noticed the fact that really bell was kind of the uh she brought out the hero ishness in a lot Mm -hmm. of different characters so i just wanted to I, i wanted to kind of give props to bell uh, about that not only does she bring books along but i mean she can tell people i see this in you i see that in you it kind of reminds me of august or henry in season one so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets uh she gets kudos from me all right let's jump into our email section and we have a number of great emails mm-hmm. and i will let colleen go ahead and start mm-hmm. with the first one all right Okay, this one is from Janelle. OMG, where to begin? I know with the comment that I said at the end of the episode, Colleen was right. You know, that that never gets old hearing that. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's true. Uh, okay, that being said, I was everywhere with this episode. I can totally agree with Zelina about the onion rings. And she earned a bit of respect tonight, too. She may be a bit psycho, but I totally got what she was singing, saying and taking Henry's side for the moment. Not hers, not Emma's, and not Regina's, but Henry's. Emma. I have never wanted to strangle Emma Swan as much as I have this season. Ugh. I was happy to see the exchange between she and Merlin at Granny's. And yeah, Emma, Emma being the dark one is a little frustrating, but it's actually kind of good. So, uh, Belle just keeps showing me week by week why she, only surpassed by Princess Leia, is my favorite Disney princess. She's getting pretty good at that magic stuff, huh? And sometimes I think she maybe she should be the one acting as the town shrink. Sorry, Archie. Maybe she should become a motivational speaker. She is very much a, like you were saying, she's a Yoda to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. One of the best things Merida could have ever done, although when she did it, I yelled and threw stuff at the TV, was hit Belle with the rock. No, wait, that was second best. First was actually listening to Belle and showing those know-it-all men in kilts what a girl is made of, bows and arrows. Sorry, but gunpowder and lead just didn't sound right. True. <laughs> All right, Rumple, no words. Okay, a few. It's about time. And I flipped out when he pulled the sword. I swear my neighbors won't know what to think of me this week after all the yelling I did at my TV between the Bengals game and Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I got watery-eyed when he broke the cup, but I see that it eventually led him to the road of redemption, which happens to be Belle again. I loved how he told Emma he was going to stop her. He may still have a bit of the dark one left in him, huh? I, I wondered about that. You know, yes, he's supposed to be pure of heart, and he is supposed to be a hero now that Emma's turned him into that. Which, again, I think is a great thing because we talked about this at the end of the uh, of our first thoughts is, you know, that's his happy ending. That's what he always wanted was to be a hero and to have Belle. And it looks like he's got both. So or at least in the process of getting both. So Emma's doing her job. But, yeah, uh, is there still a trace of the dark one? I think there are experiences and knowledge and what have you. Is there darkness? It could be. Maybe. Maybe a little bit of it. Maybe a little bit of it lingers, kind of like residue, mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know. We'll see. <clears throat> um, on with Janelle's email. Merlin, I love him. He's not my Captain Hook, but he'll do as a backup. LOL. But seriously, he is a wise man and knows what he's doing. He's the greatest magician wizard, wizard of all time, and yes, could beat Dumbledore in his tree-induced exile. But but man, does that love thing get in everybody's way. And when he spoke via the message, that's when I blurted out. Colleen was right. Colleen, you should be a Disney princess or confidant and co-conspirator with Belle. That would be kind of fun. I would enjoy hanging out with Belle. She has I good adventures. Yeah, she has really awesome adventures and she's pretty smart. I can, I can, I could hang with her. I think it'd be fun. Uh, everyone else in Sturbrook, glad to know you're all finally getting on the same page as the picture of Arthur being well. Arthur, now if you can kindly get to finding Lancelot and Merlin and, and reducing my wish to strangle Emma Swan, that would be great. Storybrook time is going a bit slow for me. I'm too impatient for my hook episode. Now for non-episode stuff, I have a friend from school who is a oncer but hasn't started season five yet and it's killing me. It's so hard not to blur out stuff to him. I've also been his info on the podcast conventions and the merchandise. I thought he was going to hyperventilate when he saw my copy of Red's Tale. Mm. But true to stylish event planner form, we stick together, he won the costume contest he entered for Halloween. He was Crufella DeVille. Wow. I'll see if I can find a pick and share. Now I'm off to listen to first thoughts and see if I come up with more things to rack my brain on. Hugs from Ohio. Janelle. And I would love to see that, too. Because, I mean... Anytime you can find a guy who does a really good job of dressing up, 
you know, in or anybody who does a really good job of cosplaying is yeah. uh, is always a good, you know, good thing. Yeah. One of my coworkers was uh, Princess Leia, and he made a really um, slightly unattractive Princess Leia. Well, <laughs> he's like, princess I mean, is a he, rough job. He's not a bad-looking guy. No. I'm just saying, for Princess Leia, he wasn't that pretty, but he he did a really good job. You know, in the costumes. So. Well, bun hair is, is tough to pull well, off. Yeah, cinnamon bun hair is really difficult. And he, of course, had a wig on, so. Well, there's a great Cruella DeVille in the uh, uh, Once Upon a Anonymous and the OUAT rock opera. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah, that guy is awesome. Yep. That guy is ridiculously awesome. He's very, very good. But anyway. So there you have it. Yes, this is from Tomas. Hi, guys. My name is Tomas. I'm 21 years old and I live in Belgium. So hello, Tomas, and hello, Belgium. Bonjour. What she said. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Once Upon a Time and was just listening to your 300th podcast. I just wanted to take time to say thank you for your weekly podcast. I first uh, got to know it at the beginning of season five. I've been listening to your podcast ever since. Thank you very much, Tomas. Yes, thank you. You're doing such a great job with the podcast. I'm really enjoying them. Thank you for all the hard work you put into this show. It's much appreciated. Best wishes, Tomas. Thank you very much. Very cool. Tomas. And give our kind regards to those in Belgium. Absolutely. When I was in Europe, I didn't get a chance to go to Belgium, but I really wanted to. So maybe one of these days we'll get over there. Indeed. And I will hand the reins over to Miss Colleen for the next <laughs> All right. So from Chris Tipton. Hey, y'all, this was an okay episode. I didn't care for the Merida storyline, to be honest. I'm kind of bored with her character and really don't want to see much of her again. It was nice to see Belle be more relevant again, and I loved how much this episode did for the Rumbell relationship. I feel that they have hope again. I thought it would fall flat, but I actually love seeing Rumpel be a true hero. I think Emma is 100% evil dark one in Storybrooke. I think in the voicemail, Merlin was referring to Emma, and I think she is full dark one coming for Merlin, and he is powerless to stop her because she chose to remain the dark one. I think Emma has Merlin imprisoned in Camelot, and she wants Zelina to use the wand to take her back to Camelot so she can kill Merlin. Overall, I love the Rumbell stuff and Merlin stuff, but was bored by Merida. Eight out of ten killed at oafs. Now, I actually have to disagree a little tiny bit. I love Merida. I love the fact that they pulled in this storyline, and I think that Amy Manson is doing such an amazing job. I want to see more of her. It's kind of like with Anna in the Frozen stuff. I really wanted to see more. I didn't want them to, like, leave. I wanted them to stay in Storybrooke permanently and just be there. <clears throat> well... But I mean, I totally get it. I mean, it's cer certain characters, there were certain characters I was like, you know, I'm kind of done with this one. And you kind of go, eh. Let me, let me just say this. I, I think that these side, well, these new characters that they introduce, I think they're using them to grow the main group of characters that we already know. Absolutely. And so they bring in something different, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, uh, on a showing uh, charming how to fight mm -hmm. with a sword. Right. Like, well, that's kind of crazy. But, I mean, they wrote that into the right. show. They and explained how that he was got the way he was. Yeah. Some of the things that yeah. she brought into the whole framework sure. and canon of the show. Sure. And so that's what Merida is bringing in. She really assisted in giving... Uh, gold the tools to be a hero yeah. and with a lot of help from bell as well so i mm -hmm. think i think they're being very smart they are 
they're telling the brave story, but they're not. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's actually not taking the con- over. It's, no, it's the thing. continuation of it. Yeah. And I don't know how much more we have of Merida since Emma is kind of done with her. I don't think she'll kill her. I think Merida will end up just kind of fading into the background at some point. Or maybe not. Maybe she will come into play later on. I hope so. Because I really do like Merida. I think she's a great character. But um, the whole Rumbell thing, yes, absolutely. It was a great um, <clears throat> path for them to go back to get back to the rumbell we all know and love. Well, we waited for this for a long time. It was it was so. a healing episode for mm-hmm. them. It was very much, yeah. but it's not completely done. Right. And there's a still, I think, a long way to go because I mean, she flat out said, "He's not my sweetheart," you know. So, you know, there's 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 definitely some some work left for them, but um, I think they're on the right path. So that's good. Um, Emma being a hundred percent evil dark one. I think she's portraying that. I think she's pretending. I think that's part of her thing because, again, she has good and evil in her. She's it's a war between the two, and whichever one, you know, takes forefront is I think what we, you know, what we're seeing is that a lot of the times the dark one side takes over. But I think she's allowing it because she knows that that's the only way to really truly save everyone. But this, that's just me. This is what I think. I think she has really <clears throat> thought about all her decisions, and she's. Again, this is my opinion. She's weighed out the pros and the cons. And I think at the end, she will surprise everyone and then kind of reclaim her non-darkness and distinguish that with one thing. Uh, You know, I did this because of that and this and that. I don't think she's completely dark. I think she's working towards something Mm -hmm. to undo it all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we don't see yet. Right. Now, Merlin's voicemail, it would be very clean and clear and obvious that it's Emma he's referring to. And I, that may be a MacGuffin. Right. They may want us to think that that's who he's referring to, but it's very possible that Nimue is the one that he was referring to because he just talked about her and all of a sudden she found me. Yeah. It'd be really, it'd be really obvious for it to be Emma because everyone thinks that it's Emma because Emma's the current dark one. But what if it was Nimue who actually found him because somehow Emma let her out Right. Mm-hmm. And then to top it off, Emma, um, what if what if the Emma we're seeing right now isn't really Emma? What if okay. it's actually Nimue who's taken over her body, so to okay. speak? I could right. Be. That would make more sense, especially given the previews we saw. I kind of have a feeling that's what we're going to see is that. It is all the dark ones and it's Nimue who actually took over Emma's body and Emma's kind of. A prisoner in her own body, so to speak, kind of like how Rumple was right. when he had Neil trapped in there at the same time, mm-hmm. and he was a little cuckoo. I think we we're going to see that it's not actually Emma that's doing any of this; she's just the the vessel, and um, that's why I say she's fighting. The goodness is fighting in her, and it's fighting to get out. But I think it is Nimue who's doing this, and Nimue is the one who wants to kill Merlin for whatever reason. And maybe because she felt like he spurned her, who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think that's what we're going to see is this is actually Nimue. It's not Emma. So, um, and as far as her wanting to kill and wanting to use Lena to use the wand, that, that wouldn't surprise me if she does want to take him, because I think if anything, Nimue did trap him back in Camelot somewhere and there has to be a way to get, you know, back to him or she trapped him somewhere in Storybrooke, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I, you know, I do kind of agree that it's uh, there's a point to try to kill Merlin. There's no question about that. Somebody's going to try and kill Merlin. 
So I do like Zelina's little zingers now. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Zelina so, was awesome. Yeah. She was totally awesome this yeah. this particular episode. I love Next Level Darkness. Oh, that yeah. It was really, really Next Level Darkness. And then you could see the cuff on her. It's just, It was so funny. Yeah, just it was very funny. All the things yeah, she It was did. very funny. All right. The next so email. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you very much, Mr. Chris, for that email. This is from Gabe. Hey, y'all. Thanks for reading my last email. First of all, I want to repeat what I tweeted you today. And a number of folks have let us know that. So I will read. Merida learning the value of mercy comes from her being shown mercy by Emma. So Mm -hmm. It's true. And uh, I will continue. Also, the gang and Merlin rescued her, which is pretty merciful. Mm -hmm. Also, did did either of you get a serious Darth Vader New Hope vibe from Merlin in the opening scene? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's lots of Star Wars, um, that kind of a thing. But yeah, definitely. Merlin was, that was really, that was great. Also, a few plot holes. Why didn't Merlin just put everyone to sleep? Okay. It seems like it would have been easier. Anyways, about this episode, I totally loved it. It lends some credence to the idea that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission, but it's ultimately better to ask permission. I love the chemistry between Belle and Merida this episode. The two actors could play a couple <laughs> in a romantic movie. True. I really hope Merlin isn't dead. I'm surprised you didn't bring uh, that fact that Hook said that The Apprentice is dead, which to me is just lame. Uh, I love the... Yeah, I'm not sure if he's dead. He might be dead, but I'm not sure if The Apprentice... I love the character and hope he's not actually dead. I I agree with you. Also, do the rules of death differ for magical people? That is a great question. Mm -hmm. And I, I would probably say no, I guess. They're magical. Right. So the Dark One was resurrected as was Maleficent. Am I missing something here in the dead is dead rule in Once Upon a Time? I I wouldn't carve that in stone. Uh, You know, anyway, we'll we'll see. Anyways, keep up the great work, Gabe. Okay, so let me go back to a couple things. You know, the question about why didn't Merlin just put everyone to sleep? Seems like it would have been easier. Correct. You're absolutely right. And we find that a lot of times the easier way actually makes for a really boring story. Yeah. I mean, I personally enjoyed watching Hook and Charming work together to fight off these, you know, guards. That was kind of fun. It was like, woohoo, right hook, left hook, mm-hmm. <laughs> right hook, right, uh, left charming. You know, I mean, it was just, it was one of those funny things. So it was really kind of a fun, you know, and it, it, it's kind of that same principle behind a butterfly. If you see a butterfly struggling to get out of its cocoon, the worst thing you can do is actually like break it out. Right. Same thing with the baby chick when it's trying to hatch out an egg. You let it do it itself so that it has it builds up strength. And I think that's what's going on here is Merlin knows that the best way to get these guys to you know, do what they need to do is to work together and to work for it. True. I don't think you would have let anything happen to them. So that's what I think about that. Now, the other thing was, as far as the whole dead is dead and apprentice being dead, that is a really great question because for the love of Pete, we have seen so many characters who were quote unquote dead and then they're not anymore. And then they're resurrected and then they're well, but this is this. So I think this whole dead is dead is not, it's not Aladdin. Dead is not dead. Yeah. So it's just um, with some some folks, I think it is. But in other cases, I think it's not. It's a gray area. So anyway, so thanks. 
Thanks, Gabe. Thank you very much. All right. The next email is for Miss Colleen. All right. It's from Trace. Hi, Colleen and Jeff. Okay, first, I'm a terrible fan. No, you're not. So sorry I forgot to say congratulations on your 300th episode. So happy 302 today. I've been listening to your podcast for over two years. I look forward to hearing you on Mondays and Sundays. It's become such a habit and comfort to me. That is so sweet. Thank you very much. This podcast has the best and most positive outlook and fans, even if we all get grumpy once in a while. That's true. And that is very true. Every episode is not going to be the bomb diggity to everyone, but it's fun to hear everyone every week. So thank you so much for all you do. There seems to be a lot of negativity in this episode in the fandom, but for us rumbellers, it was great. I have to say that I loved so much of it, but then sort of shook my head a lot as well. Yep. Colleen, you had wondered about where Merida learned the mercy she showed to the clans and stated they were lucky she had learned it. It was from Emma in the first episode. Yep. After they made up from the heart grab, Merida thanked her for teaching her about mercy. Here are my thoughts on the bear and the bow. And you're right. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> Hook, Charming, and Merlin are the hottest fighting trio ever. <laughs> you know what? I kind of have to agree with that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It would have been nice to have thrown Robin in the mix a little bit, too. That would have been spectacular because, you know, I think Robin's pretty darn adorable. So that would have been kind of nice, and that would have just rounded everything out. So uh, anyway, I would be rescued by them any day. Yeah, yeah, I would enjoy that. Not sure why Merlin didn't come in first and just magic them away, but getting to see Hook and Charming be so brooding and hot was worth the pause. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. See, there you have it. That's exactly why. If Merlin had just magicked everyone away, then we wouldn't have seen them in action. And see, believe me, I, it's well worth seeing them in action. I'll, I'll trade out my Bell's, <laughs> Bell's legs for that for you guys, so you yeah. guys enjoy. You yep. enjoy. Yep. Glad Merlin recognized Bell's cleverness, as she so cutely pointed out. I love that. Guess there is something there that wasn't there before. That's a nice pull. I got to admit, that's a pretty nice pull. Okay, couldn't resist. What magic w that was on the bars that even Merlin didn't know or couldn't use? Yeah, I. that's the same thing I agree to. It's like, what, who put that magic there? Question, where is all this magic coming from? The necklace they gave Regina, the enchanted sword to kill her, and now the bars? Just curious. And I would say, honestly... I mean, Merlin may have enchanted those things beforehand, or maybe there is a dark one there, or, you know, the spirit of Nimue or whatever. Because, I mean, if the if the dark one vault is kind of in that same vicinity, Merlin might have known after he found Excalibur. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know. But hopefully we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, uh, Merida and Belle are a great femme fatale duo. Yes, they are. They worked so well together, and watching the parallel stories in Camelot and Brooke, Storybrooke was interesting. Belle has a way of bringing out the best in everyone she encounters, so yep. it was nice to see the consistency in her character, and really just to get to see her have a productive role. Yes, that is very true. I love Belle, so this was very satisfying for me. And it's funny because I was saying she looks really amazing, and I think it's because, if I'm not mistaken, Emily is pregnant in real life. So I think that maybe we're seeing some of that maternal glow going through and just showing through on the screen. It looks amazing on her. Anyway, my rumbell heartstrings were being pulled all episode. Mine too. 
I relate to these characters so much and have been waiting for an episode that focuses on their relationship. It was so great. Belle and Rumpel on a mission working together and trusting each other. Finally. Though I really feel like Belle was the true hero in this scenario. They really needed to show some growth in their relationship for us to want them to be together and invest in them. When he broke Chip, I teared up, I must say. But I think it's symbolism for them starting over. I would agree with you. Hmm. He needed to break the old ways and habits and start anew with his journey to be a good man to her and a hero. I was cringing a bit at this helpless, cowardly rump, but he came through at the end when he told Emma that there may be heroes in town, but they're not me. Mm -hmm. Ah, Drop the mic, Rumpel. Well done, sir. (laughs) The casting of the brave characters was so spot on. It made me laugh out loud. Me too. And how sad that her father died that way. So fairy tall like to have a dad die like that. But she did avenge him and all the people. So it was a good resolution. Her explanation of what happened to her dad was so well done. I know we have to get more story from her since she is now in Storybrooke. And the last we left her, she was with her people in Kingdom. Can't wait for that. That is what I was wondering, too, is if she was with her people in Kingdom when she let Belle go back to the guys, because Belle eventually found them, then how did she end up in Storybrooke? So anyway, I can't wait for that. She's a good, strong female character, as is Belle, finally. Arthur is a jackhole. And thanks for the new word, Colleen. I've used it a few times this week. You're very welcome because no you know what? There's no charge. Honestly, for yeah, it's just it's a great word. Anyway, and a dumb jackhole to boot for leaving the half torched mushroom sitting there. Totally, he could have hit it. I well, know he's an idiot. I know. Thank God they all now know that he is a douche. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Oh. Maybe now they can finally start putting some pieces together. Glad Henry's authorship role still means something and was so impressed with him saying that it was not his mom that did that to Violet and that she is in there somewhere. I agree, Henry. And again, that to me seems like it would be more likely to be the thing that would be Nimue taking over. But anyway, things that make me go, hmm, what happened to all boys after Merida knocked Belle out and took her away? Yeah. What did happen to those guys? Did they not even notice that Belle wasn't with them? Uh, it's really true. Yeah. Obsessive, <laughs> like un- un- unobservant, you know, single-minded men. Well, what do you think, Belle? 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 They don't even ask her Where's what she thinks. No one try- came to try to save her <laughs> at all? Whatever. Per- yeah. Perhaps Merlin knew this was how it was supposed to happen, so he let them go, but not very heroic boys. Yes, that is true. How did Lancelot know Merlin if he's been in a tree for a millennia? He must have met him through Nimue. Did he appear to him at some time? Really, Scooby Gang, you fell for Arthur's I need to be alone spiel? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Regina is too smart and should have used, wait, her magic to watch him from inside the vault, maybe? See, yeah, that would have been a good idea. All your magical items, etc., are in that vault besides, girlfriend, don't leave him in there. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. See, they need to hire Trace. To I be, know to be to to be a, a consultant for the script because it's like, I whoa, hold know. on, wait. Well, mm-hmm. Regina was clearly skeptical, but I'm thinking to myself, has she gone so soft at this point? Which is not a bad thing, by the way. I'm not complaining because I like Regina. I love Regina, but has she gone so soft that she's too trusting? Well. It, but yeah, and that's that's that edge of trusting somebody. You can go too far or right. not far enough. And right. yeah. I mean, you don't want to be so hard and that you don't trust anybody. But at the same time, you don't want to be so soft she, that you trust everyone blindly. I think she's adjusting to she this is, new yeah, way I think of living. A, I think it's a big adjustment. So Anyway, again, so glad they have him pegged finally. Yes. Where is Merlin and Lancelot and Storybrooke? 
are they in Storybrooke? That'd be my question. Uh, anyway, next week is going to be so good. Big love to you both and everyone out there. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Trace. Thank you, Trace. Thank you, Trace, for that. All right. Let's move on to the next email. This is from Brad. Mm-hmm. Hello, Jeff and Colleen. Please don't open the car door while the podcast is moving. <laughs> I, well, I will not. Nope. Man, Bell's just, she's to jump out. Now on to the things I learned this week in the episode, The Bear and the Bow. Number one, Chip was written off the show due to artistic differences. You'll soon be able to see him in the upcoming remake, Alvin and the Chip Cups. <laughs> that's a gold star for the week there, that Mr. Brad. That's pretty that's funny. Pretty funny. I, and okay. where was that? Um, right. Anyway. I, yeah. Number two, shopping for a gift to impress Lancelot must be torture. <laughs> yep. Number three, if Merida tells you she w- she has your back, run. Yep. You can't trust Merida sometimes. Number four, if you want to see a woman transform into a fearsome bear, withhold her pregnancy cravings. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five, if you need to know all the juicy gossip in Storybrooke, seek out a little bird with the mop. <laughs> Yeah, I love this. She said the patient with the mop, despite what you think, <laughs> loves to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was hilarious. Well, I, you know, and I'm glad they kind of brought him into something. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Number at least in the dialogue. Number six, you know that you have issues with the Wicked Witch when the Wicked Witch thinks you're a bad influence. Yeah. <laughs> I love Zelina in this episode. She was great. Number seven, never, never upset a redhead. I could go on for a year about yeah. how I agree with this. But yeah. yes, redheads, I have a lot of fear. I, I mean, respect for redheads. They, you do just, realize that just, my actual first hair color when I was a little tiny itty bitty baby was red like flame red Merida red and I have much respect for you and that is from my that is from my Scottish heritage yes Scottish and Irish but yeah yeah Ray Ray, I had a great grandfather who was literally a ginger we talked about ginger families and my great grandfather was a very very distinct ginger. My grandmother had reddish hair and reddish blonde hair, and I had red hair, and then it faded to blonde. So, yeah, I don't want to go on. I just have a lot so, of yeah. fear and respect for redheads. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, don't Number upset a eight. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to kick some arse and ask questions later. <laughs> That's true. true. That is true. Number nine. Rugs should have warning labels. <laughs> and and that was so signs. funny. That was so funny. Uh, you know, the old pull the rug out from under. It was just mm-hmm. yeah, classic. Number 10. Who needs magic when you can take a massive bear claw to the face without even a scratch? I mean, OK, watch that section over and over that they, they pulled him hard yeah, away from there. Yeah, they did. And that bear knocked the living tar out of it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was like, wow. Yeah. OK. Hey, I'm going to add one. That uh, that Brad did not include on his list, but I think was a very funny one is silly rabbit, silly Arthur. Don't you know magic toadstools don't burn? Yeah, it was just nutty that <laughs> that whole thing. And of course, I messed it up when I said it. But anyway, that's okay. All right, observations. This week we all watched Prince Charming, Belle, Captain Hook, and Merlin storm a castle. And have accepted it as normal. When you actually say it out loud, you realize how freaking awesome that is. When there was 
when was this show? Where where was, was this show when I was growing up? This opening scene made me want to see a heroes and villains face-off, old-school comic book style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The group not caring about what happens. The only other, the only other castle storming was uh, the dwarves. Yeah, it was with snow. One. Yeah, it was yeah. snow. But honestly, like I said, charming Belle, Hook, Merlin, and throw Robin Hood in the mix, and oh my god! Yeah. And then if you threw Regina in there even more, the oh, epic. Yep. 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 Uh, the group not caring about what happens to gold while he was the dark one is understandable, but not after everyone saw the darkness leave him. <clears throat> and yeah. Okay. Great point. Yeah. The, this is totally out of character for them, especially the charmings who are all about second chances. I realize they want to save Emma, but not at the expense of someone else. They already did that with Lily and spent their whole lives trying to make up for it. Having Belle go on her own was wrong. And if something happened to her, it would have been on their heads. Gold and Belle could have really used their help while being hunted and chased by a manipulated Merida. I felt as if the show sacrificed being true to the characters only to move the plot along. This was bad writing and makes no sense after everything that preceded this scene. Yeah, and and, and I think... Moral decisions, good or bad, are at the center of this show, and I right. think I think the the writing kind of went against what they've well, said thematically. But I, I think there there will be a discussion later. Okay, but so. let me play a little bit of a devil's advocate here. I think that it actually isn't against their characters; it's against the characters we've boxed them into. But it is not. I mean. Here's reality. People are pretty much kind of a set way, right? Once right. you get to a certain age, you're really set in your ways. But people have the capacity and the ability to change. And circumstances will make somebody do something they normally wouldn't do under other circumstances. So, for example, if Emma were not the dark one and Rumpel were in danger, I guarantee you they would all help him. But because the, it's the it's the thing of wait a second, do we go help Rumple, who is pretty capable and who, by the way, has been pretty crappy to us in the past? Right. While that is, you know, definitely a thing, and letting Belle go by herself, Belle's pretty. She's shown she's pretty capable. We have Emma over here to deal with, and we have to figure out what the heck's going on. So I think there's that whole mm, urgency, sense of urgency, which one is the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, dealing with Rumpel and, and Belle, let them deal with themselves. They're kind of, you know, they're capable is what I, th- I, I just, yeah. that's what I think. Now, the- yeah. Is it a plot device in order to move the story along? Absolutely. Because ha- otherwise, how would you get Rumpel to be a hero? If they were all there, he couldn't be a hero. Right. True. True. <clears throat> So that's why I I forgive it because, again, you know, uh, it's one of those things. Which do you choose? You know, you've got two kids in a burning building. Which one do you save? The one who is, you know, 15 and can probably help themselves get out or the two-year-old who can't? Yeah. It's just – I know that's an extreme, but that's kind of how I, like, compare it. So anyway. So I think it's going to be interesting to see gold – in this new life, mm-hmm. in this new light, mm-hmm. without any darkness um, manipulating him, uh, right? And 
I think one of the one of the biggest helps is going to be Regina. Yep. Because she's just been through this, yep. and no one's going to trust him, and everyone's going to think just like they did Regina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, in season one, I posted a video of Ben in Lost, mm-hmm. basically apologizing for everything he did and really kind of fessing up and owning and not justifying and all that. We are going to see that scene with gold guarantee you that. Yeah. With everyone in Storybrooke and it probably will be at granny's. Yeah. Somebody, they're all going to be talking or in the main center of town. Okay. They're all going to be talking about him, not trusting him and wanting to keep him in arm's length or, or, or keep him away or whatever. And he's going to come in the middle, and he's going to apologize for what he did. Guarantee, I I said mm-hmm. that in the season one mm-hmm. of this podcast, and I'm telling you, it's coming. Yeah, and that's going to be something. He apologized yeah. to Belle, and I think they're on the road to you know rekindling their marriage and romance and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah, he's got a lot of dark one or not. He's got a lot of uh, things to apologize for. Yeah, he does. All right, burning questions. When will we see Merida and Robin team up and take out some villains? Right on. That's a very good question. Uh, yeah, Robin's been really quiet. He's kind of the bell of this season. He's just kind of yeah, not. I don't really... like that. We need I mean, to bring him back into the. We have another scene. Again. You have to kiss Regina. Okay, that's not a problem. That's <laughs> you know what I mean. And or he has little comments here and there. Who enchanted the prison bars in Camelot? If Merlin was trapped in a tree up to this point, all magic has been through Emma, Regina, or magic properties that were found in Merlin's tower. Well. So. As far as we know, yes. Yeah. We know from The Apprentice that the darkness needed to be tethered to a person so the dagger could, could control it. Our theory is that Nimue is the very first dark one, but where does that darkness itself originate from? The underworld, perhaps? Yep. I, I, I think that's a I great... Can't, I, I can't say there's a lot of things floating around, but I will say... I agree because mm-hmm. that's really the end of this hallway. Mm-hmm. Where does this darkness come from? Right. And it really points to hell, the underworld, somewhere, right. Right. somewhere. Right. Take care, guys. Brad. Thanks, Brad. So you can have the last one, Miss Colleen. All right. So this is from Kathy. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. I thought the episode started off with a great scene and so much eye candy. Yes. Four handsome men all at once was certainly a treat, plus Belle, who I adore. As a huge reader myself, I enjoyed Merlin's line to Belle. Well, aren't you the clever one? Yes, that was very fantastic, and I love his accent. I'm a sucker for United Kingdom accents, all of them. Okay, I generally enjoyed the episode, and and that it answered some questions for us, such as, did Emma remember Merlin? I thought teaming up Belle and Merida, Beauty and Brave, was brilliant. They played well off each other and combined their strengths to free Merida's brothers. Plus, Belle finally got another adventure. Absolutely. Totally agree. I confess I have not seen Brave. (gasps) You so need to. Such a great story. Oh my gosh. Such a great story. So many elements, including the bear, slip right past me. This is why you need to see it. You absolutely, just seriously, stop whatever you're doing. Go watch Brave. Uh, episode seven promises to be really good. And I want to hear the story of Nimue, but I worry something will go terribly wrong in it. Mm, I know. 
I do want to mention as well that Killian Jones has been looking even more handsome in the latest episodes. How is that even possible? Colin O'Donohue is not only incredibly talented, but unbelievably good looking. Sigh. Yeah, he is pretty, pretty beautiful. He is very beautiful. Um, <clears throat> after hearing about the characters coming back for the 10th episode, I wonder if it revolves around Hades. So far, it seems that we have dead, or are they, characters coming back. I was especially happy to hear Robbie Kay would be back as Pan, has been my favorite, has been my favorite villain. That's the end of my ramblings. I know I forgot some stuff, but oh well. Till next time, Kathy. So, and I agree with you. I, I would say that with the possibility of some characters coming back, and where does the darkness originate from, the underworld makes sense, Hades is sure to be not far behind, so... Indeed. That would be my guess. I totally agree. All right. And now we're going to play some voicemails. And so we will do that. Yes. It's voicemail time. So now we will play. uh, There's two of them. And they're really interesting information. So check this out. Hi, Jeff and Colleen. Uh, I thought this might be a little too long, but I'm going to enter it in anyway, just in case you can use it. Um, this is a guest blog entry from uh, Steph, a.k.a. Mystic Kid. After all of a lifetime growing up and growing older with the medium of television, I've seen more than one golden age of its storytelling. But I'd like to give a shout-out to this current one and a special homage to the writers of Once Upon a Time particularly. TV series in the mid-20th century's golden age confined their stories to a single premise, strictly following the canon of a show's Bible. You couldn't expect any experience, no matter how devastatingly wonderful or horrible, to change a lead character's persona for good or ill from week to week. Don't marry a Cartwright from a ranch called the Ponderosa, and or get drenched in a rainstorm on a show named Bonanza, you will die within 45 minutes. The best dramas of the day skirted the problem by lavishing wonderful character studies on guest stars who often turned in unforgettable single-episode performances while the cast of such shows often saved their sanity by admittedly just playing themselves from week to week. Why didn't those series evolve, have arcs as they do now? One reason was that after they had been aired nationally, each syndied episode was physically passed around on film or tape, snail mailed from one local station to another. A manager never knew whether episode 9 or 2 or 12 was in the mailbag that week from some other station. Progress 50 years and much has changed. Thanks to instant on-demand streaming, episodes can stay in order. Innovations like multiple timeline narratives and season-long, even series-long arcs and arcs within arcs are not only possible, but the best way to sustain a core audience. Flashing backwards and forwards, adding to a character's known motivations on the fly and at a whim, were suddenly, thanks to shows like Lost and Fringe et al., a very necessary part of the toolkit. But new tools provide different challenges to the storyteller. Continuous reference must enter into dialogue to inform the audience of what's gone on before, so even a new viewer is not left totally clueless. The longer and more complex an arc becomes, the more necessary it is for characters to speak to each other in reminders and week-to-week repetitions. This could easily make deadly dull dialogue for those fans already in the know. But Once Upon a Time especially has developed an almost contrapuntal style, where repetition becomes a way of discovering new parallels between situations and characters. Refrains become iconic echoes, guiding attention through a veritable maze of past references into future possibilities. Case in point is the episode Bear and the Bow, 
where a five-season-long character arc reaches an undeniable crescendo. In first season, the question concealed was, does Gold remember he, who he really is? We didn't know him well enough back then to notice that his clever bravado was concealing a desperate soul named Rumpelstiltskin. As many a real-life hero will tell you, one rarely gives oneself credit for the courage it takes to persevere while desperate. Okay, part two. <laughs> we did we didn't know him well enough back then to notice that his clever bravado was concealing a desperate soul named Rumpelstiltskin. As many a real-life hero will tell you, one rarely gives oneself credit for the courage it takes to persevere while desperate, since there, since there usually seems no choice in the matter at the time. Rumpel, five seasons on, without the Dark One to compel him from within, is only courageous when there seems no other choice. Thus, even having just prevailed in the Bear and the Bow against all sorts of adversities, courtesy of Merida, he still thinks of himself as crippled by cowardice and looks upon his knack for survival with disgust. By mid-episode, he only knows he's at the end of his tether and desperately needs Belle the way the drowning desperately need another gulp of air. But finally with her again, he then wants no more asked of him, even at the cost of having to admit to being the coward he has always believed himself to be. Whatever else one can read into the next moments, Rumpel conquers this self-defeating image, enough not only to confront Meredith Bear, but to grasp the possibly deadly Excalibur. It is with the confidence of a true hero that he then pulls the sword from that stone. There is not a hint of the easy, shallow smirk of his previous fictitious night. Only the intent expression of a true hero's journey come full circle. The very portrait of a man confronting himself from where he began to become the true sum of all of his experiences since. What more can one ask of any medium's golden age? There are moments when something makes you feel that no matter what your life is amounting to of late, you are alive in a privileged time and witness firsthand extraordinary accomplishments. I've always felt blessed when made to feel that way before, just as I did back in the 60s when my gram first handed me the Space Commander remote that came with her new Zenith TV. No batteries, just two mechanical buttons that made a little hammer inside strike a pair of aluminum rods. They vibrated a sound beyond human hearing across the room and made the television come alive. That's fantastic. That's probably one of my most favorite uh, voicemail pairs. Uh, there, there's a lot of information there. Yeah. And, and so, you youngins, <laughs> you youngins, listen to that again. That 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 that's some deep information that really yeah. kind of tells a story up to this point and what happened in the past. But yeah, that was a great really summation of um, Rumpel's struggle. Yeah, it that, is, uh, and and his achievement. Right. 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 No, that was fantastic. And not only that, but it is true. I mean, you're right. The difference between television 50, 60 years ago versus now is vast simply because there was no on demand and there weren't reruns for a long time. It was first run. If you missed it, you missed it. And there was no VCR to tape anything or DVD player to tape anything. So you pretty much if you missed an episode, you missed it. And until reruns came along and then you could watch it, you know over and over again, but only if it came up in rotation. So, um, yeah, no, that's a, and that's why I think TV now TV back then was amazing. There were some really amazing, you know, very clever, very inventive stories, even though they couldn't maybe have the continuous arc or arc within an arc, like she mentioned. However, um, it was still very, very, very good TV, but now you get this 
whole nother level of television where you are almost immersed in the story. And yeah, I, I mean, it seems sometimes that there are some repetition and it's like, we already know this. Well, we know this, but somebody who just started watching the show midstream, which some people do, they need to get caught up. So no, yeah, it was great. great I don't want to. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I just want to say that, you know, hey, however wonderful I Dream of Genie was, mm-hmm. I never could relate to a genie or a general in, right. in the service who had a genie, but I can major. relate to major. I, but I can't, I can relate to someone who's facing their fear. Right. Who's afraid, who feels inadequate inadequate who mm-hmm. all these different things right. with once upon a time with loss with yeah. i didn't watch fringe but these types of situations yeah. i can relate to and i think yeah. that's what takes this show to a different level well so. and, and we've said this a thousand times but i still say this every time i love the fact that once upon a time takes characters that we know and love and that we yeah. thought because you know you and i we've talked about this a number of times on the podcast but mostly outside the podcast is we don't fit into the typical mold right we're slightly older than i would say a good portion of, of our audience <laughs> you know we're not old old but we're not you know youngins right. and um we don't have children we have a dog and we're married and we 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 just don't we don't fit into the typical average mold of people our age we should be getting ready to have grandkids at this point and we don't have any so it's it's you know we I think identify a little more with these characters who everybody thinks should fit in this mold this is who they are this is who they are and then they they're like no I'm much more than this. I'm not this. I'm, I may be part of this, but I'm also this and I'm also that. And I'm also this and, and, and have the uh, ability to change if something isn't what they want to be or what they appreciate about themselves. So I, I, I just, I do love the show so much. And I I really want to thank Steph because she's Mm -hmm. a a great retweeter and and encourager on Twitter. So Steph, thank you very much uh, for not only a voicemail, but what, what you really, uh, done for us on on Twitter, especially. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Now we've come to the end of the podcast. Thanks everyone who uh, helped us out and mm-hmm. sent in their views and yes. and all that. I want to send big love out to everyone. Remember, big love is so big you cannot keep it all to yourself. Take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else because mm-hmm. they need it just as much as you do. And until next time, it's Jeff calling Roni. And we will be talking about Nimue very soon. Yay. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.